This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Razorback freshmen have reported and begin voluntary workouts today. We're going to get into some discussion on that. We're also going to talk about some other things going on with the Razorbacks, uh, maybe some fun stuff. I've done my projected depth chart for week one. We'll get into some of that. We'll also talk about Arkansas secondary and how the talent has actually improved over the last few years. And we've got some special news we're going to share with you as well. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Well, first, before we get started, I want to announce that we have a new team member at hogsports.com. Curtis Wilkerson has joined us, and we're going to have Curtis, this is a picture right here, we're going to have Curtis join us here in a little bit and just kind of talk about his background, introduce himself to all you guys, and so you can get to know him. He's going to be a regular on the show, so uh, we definitely want to get to know Curtis Wilkerson. Very excited about this hire process we started about three weeks ago. On the same note, we also want to wish Pete Roulier uh, farewell and good luck in his next ventures. Um, Pete is moving on from Hogsport, so uh, Pete has been with us uh, for about 16, 17 months, I think. So um, always, of course, want to make sure that we wish people exiting Hogsports farewell and good luck. But uh, we are also excited to have Curtis Wilkerson joining us. So we'll get into that. Also, your questions coming up here in a little bit. And before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Please follow the page if you haven't done so already. If you like the content, we're almost at 80,000 views. I'd like to get there before football season starts, which we're saying football is going to start despite everything going on right now. Um, It doesn't make you a bad person to pray for football. Also available on YouTube, be sure to hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video uh, after you subscribe to the channel. And also share the content if you think somebody else might might like it. Of course, throw us a thumbs up if you you like the content. Also available on Apple Podcasts, be sure to throw us a five-star review if you're listening there and you like the content and available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. No promo code or anything, just sign up and you will get the deal. Okay, now that that's out of the way, freshmen are finally on campus. So for football, that means 15 of them. 15 freshmen have have finally enrolled because you had some guys enroll early. Uh, This doesn't include transfers, but anybody who never enrolled in a college is – joining right now they they all moved in on monday it's football and basketball uh, i thought the arkansas uh, uh, the arkansas official twitter page had a, some good stuff from some of the parents and i'll just read some of that to you we chose arkansas because of the family feel when we met coach Pittman, and it was just like we knew where it's where marcus needed to be just by his ability to be comfortable right away and it's just a great opportunity right now to build the program adrian henderson marcus henderson's mom said as you can tell, I'm a mom first, and I'm sending my big six foot five, 290-pound baby here to Arkansas, Alicia Curry, Ray Curry's mom said. A day and a half of Coach Pittman sold me. I mean, he's very genuine. 
It's what we hear from a lot of a lot of people, a lot of parents. I need someone to fill the gap with me being five hours away and Coach Pittman and his wife. I feel real good about it. And obviously, uh, Janie's very involved with the football program. You could see that from the players at Georgia that were getting drafted and how she talked with them, how they talked to her. It's just about being around really good, caring people and playing great football, Bernard Johnson said. That's Kari Johnson's father, the cornerback out of Boston by way of the prep school in, in UConn. Kari wants to be a business student. Bud Walton School is great. Yes, it is. So combining academics, being able to play in the SEC is the best of both worlds. And you know he's in the right place because these are great people. So that's just a few of things that, that some of the parents said on move-in day for the football team. As we know, you've already had Miles Slusher, Darren Turner, Blaine Toll, Kellen Burrell, and Julius Coates, who's junior college guy, already enrolled. So you had 15 other players. I guess I should say 14 other players because – uh, Cottrell Wallace is not enrolling at Arkansas. So you had Malik Hornsby, Marcus Henderson, Jashad Stewart. Well, let's let's read up on these guys a little bit, I guess. Malik Hornsby, four-star cornerback out of Marshall City, Texas. Or excuse me, Fort Bend Marshall, Missouri City. Um, number 200 ranked overall prospect in the country. Marcus Henderson out of Memphis University School. 6'5", 300-pound offensive lineman, another four-star, 336 nationally. Jashad Stewart out of Jonesboro, Arkansas, 6'2", 223 edge guy, number 476 nationally. Andy Boykin, Boykin out of Troop County, LaGrange, Georgia. Boykin just recently got cleared and okay to go, so that was big big news. I think a lot of schools backed off of him because they weren't sure if he would be eligible at Arkansas or wherever, but uh, Arkansas got a steal here, 6'3", 301, number 524 nationally. I think he's probably undervalued. Jalen St. John out of Trinity Catholic in St. Louis, 6'5", 310, 564 nationally. Nick Turner out of New Orleans, brother Martin, 5'11", 177, real speedy safety here, 656 nationally. Ray Curry Jr. at a White Station in Memphis, 6'6", 315. Eric Thomas out of Booker T. Washington in Pensacola, Florida, a defensive end. 6'3", 230. Jaquelin McGee, 6'4", 255. Strong side defensive end out of Peach County, Fort Valley, Georgia. Ja'Cory Turner out of Woodward Academy in Atlanta, Georgia, 6'2", 205. Dominique Johnson, running back out of Crowley, Texas, 6'1", 230. JT Towers out of Joe T. Robinson in Little Rock, linebacker, 6'4", 210. Colin Sutherland out of Flower Mound, Texas. Six four and a half, two twenty four, tight end, and Kari Johnson out of uh, Boston and uh, Suffield Academy in, in Connecticut. Six foot, one eighty four, cornerback. So those are the guys who are enrolling for the football team. I should say they're moving into temporary dorms. Actually, uh, as of as of Friday and today is the first day that those guys can work out. And that's something that wasn't an SEC policy. Uh, they could have come as early as June eighth, but Hunter Yurchek, Arkansas Athletic Director, kind of saw things like we're putting a lot on these guys with all the new regulations and all this stuff, plus we have so many other people coming in. Let's stagger it a little bit. Let's bring the freshmen in later so it's uh, easier to, I guess, manage that transition. And I will say this about freshmen. You always worry about homesickness, you know, big changes like that, how they're going to react. Most react fine, but every once in a while they don't. And you don't want you don't want to lose a guy because his head's spinning a little bit. So, I think that Eurocheck made a, a good choice with with the way that they did that.
So this is also basketball players, and as we know, this is the highest-ranked recruiting class that Arkansas has had in a long time. Number eighth on the 24-7 sports composite. 24-7 sports actually has Arkansas seventh overall, but the combining of all the rankings has them has them eighth. The last time Arkansas was in the top 25 was 2013 with Bobby Portis, who was the number 17 overall prospect in the country. He was a five-star. Moses Kingsley, 49, and Dustin Thomas, number 136. Um, and that group ranked fourth in the SEC, but they actually – those players were on a team – in 2014-15, that finished second in the SEC, got a two-seed in the SEC tournament. I think they finished ranked 21st nationally that year. You have to go back to 2011, the transition year from John Pelfrey to Mike Anderson to find a class ranked as high as Arkansas's when they brought in B.J. Young, who was a five-star, didn't necessarily live up to that. He was a good player, but didn't necessarily live up to that. Um you also had Aaron Ross, who never made it to campus, campus who is a four-star, run 104 nationally. But Rashad Madden, Rashad Madden, you had Devontae Abram out also, but Madden was a, a you know really a key player on that team that did finish second. Uh, Hunter Mickelson never really panned out at Arkansas, ended up transferring to Kansas. So hopefully this group comes out a little bit better. Moses Moody, number 44 overall prospect in the country, 6'6", 205-pound guard who can really shoot it. I mean, you name it, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Kansas. Do I need to keep on talking about all the scholarship offers he had? K.K. Robinson, six foot 175 Dynamo out of Bryant. Uh, been playing at uh, Oak Hill Academy in the mouth of Wilson, Virginia. He's actually on 24-7 sports. K.K.'s ranked ahead of Moses. He's number 38 nationally, and Moses is 39. But on the composite, when you compare everything, Moses is 44 and K.K. is 59. So 24-7 a little bit higher on those those prospects uh, than, than some of the other services. Illinois, Kansas, Florida, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, LSU. A lot of offers for him. Jalen Williams, another four-star out of Fort Smith Northside. Now, he's the first one of these guys that I'm mentioning that actually did play in the state of Arkansas and being from Arkansas. The other two played outside of state with uh, with Moses playing at Montverde Academy in Montverde, Florida. But Jalen, 6'9", 230. Last year, that would have – I mean, last year he might have come in and started for Arkansas because it's a little more cluttered in the front court now with some guys getting eligible and, uh, you know, from the sit one last year and stuff like that. And, you know, some transfers coming in. The last year, it was empty pretty much. I mean, you had a 6'6 guy and Adriel Bailey who was basically forced into that role because you just didn't have any guys down low. So, But he, he should provide some help next year and definitely long-term. Auburn, UConn, Oklahoma State, Illinois, Iowa State, TCU, Texas, A&M, and others came at him. Uh, Devontae Devo Davis. 6'4", 175, number 109 nationally. I don't know if I mentioned Jalen Williams. I think is in the – what is he nationally? Jalen is number 78 nationally, number 78 overall player in the country. Devontae Davis uh, from Jacksonville, Arkansas, 6'4", 175, combo guard, number 109 nationally, Oklahoma State, Auburn, Ole Miss, Oregon, some others. So the hoops class, all those guys are on campus now. That's a, I mean, that's about as official as you can get. All the football players are on campus who are going to be here. So, another step in the right direction. Even though we're all panicking a little bit, not all of us, but cases are spiking. 
testing is setting record numbers as well. Nobody reports that the testing is also going up. Um, but there's a lot going on with, with coronavirus right now. And uh, I think that they made the proper steps with bringing these freshmen in the way that they did, just a little bit delayed. Here's some big news. Jaqueline Crawford. Now, Danny knew about this for a while. Danny told me that Arkansas was going to get a transfer from a big-name school at wide receiver a long time ago. And then – so Danny's on vacation this week, and he tells me – he tells me uh, that this kid, Jaqueline Crawford, is live now. And I'm like – he's like, the kid I was telling you about. I was like, the kid you were telling me about like three months ago? So Crawford, this is his video here. You can see he's got a lot of speed. 5'10", 161 out of high school. I think he's probably up over 170 now. But um, good-looking prospect, a guy that was just kind of buried on OU's uh, depth chart, only played in one game in 2018. And then when Alex Grinch came in, they decided to try to move him over to cornerback. And then and that was 2019. Uh, obviously, OU recruits a lot of highly regarded wide receivers, so it's easy to get buried there. But this is a guy who could probably help Arkansas. He's got to sit out this year, but he'll be there next year for him. So, good-looking player. Wants to play wide receiver, obviously. Entered the transfer portal in 2019. And uh, I actually visited Arkansas before. Unoffici- uh, took an, an, an official visit, not unofficial, an official visit to Arkansas. Number 183 ranked player in the country, number nine athlete, number 19 overall prospect in the state of Texas. They wanted him to play cornerback. He wasn't too keen on that, so he's going to come to Arkansas where they can use him. Arkansas has a lot of big wide receivers on camp. I mean, really, as far as the shorter, shiftier guys, you think of a slot, and a lot of times, you know, this day and age, those guys are more like six foot unless they're electric. With this guy at 5'10", looks pretty electric. He reminds me, actually, I tell you, he reminds me of a little bit is TJ is TJ Hammonds and some of his skill sets. So, um, anyway, good-looking player. A lot of elusiveness and a guy that can help Arkansas at wide receiver, which is the position that he would like to play. As you can see from his highlights, the guy can get it. And Arkansas put his premium on speed, obviously. Let's see what – here's what Alex Grinch had to say about him when he moved him over. You know, he was a guy that Coach Roy Manning and myself kind of went kind of went to the offensive coaches and said, we see an elite athlete that is he going to figure in at wide receiver depth? And we spent so much time worrying about our guys that I couldn't tell you where he was on the depth chart. But just you see a guy with speed, the ability to track footballs and those things, and I kind of went to him and said, hey, this is something that we were thinking about. And if this is something that you're interested in, and he kind of, at least to a point, showed some interest as we tried him there the last couple of weeks, and he's a guy that will continue to work there. Obviously, he uh, maybe gave it a shot, but just wasn't wasn't as keen on it as Grinch maybe thought he was. So it's a nice addition for Arkansas. Again, he'll have to sit out this year, but he will be eligible the following year. Gabe Brooks has a nice breakdown VIP story on it.
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you want to jump into that, um, he has a personal record of 10.53 seconds in the 100-meter dash. That's burning for a high school kid. He also posted a 22-foot-8 long jump. So this guy's got track speed. It shows up on the football field. In 2017, he caught 52 passes for 777 yards and 11 touchdowns, rushing for 691 yards and 12 touchdowns, averaging almost 10 yards a carry. So he's got the numbers to back it up. He's got the track speed. The thing that he doesn't have is really contributing at OU, which is his first stop. Sometimes guys just need a change of pace. As for Arkansas, Arkansas's talent on the roster obviously isn't at the same level. Now, they do have some nice-looking young wide receivers. However, Traylon Burks goes about 6'3", 231. Just a freak. <laughs> Trey Knox goes like 6'5", 205. Uh, Mike Woods goes more like 6'1", 190 or something. Uh, so you've got some bigger wide receivers overall. And then Devion Warren's really the only guy. Uh, you've got Kendall Catalan, I guess, Karsh Garner. You've got some other guys. But uh, this guy, I think, is somebody who can come in next year in 2021 and, uh, and maybe jump right in there for him. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. So I mentioned Curtis Wilkerson earlier, and I want to go ahead and get to Curtis. I don't have a professional picture of him, but this is him at a Razorback game with his buddy, so I just pulled this off his Facebook page. But we'll get a, we'll get a better picture up, up of him. Real excited about Curtis. Hey, Trey. Hey, Curtis. So I was just introducing you to everybody. And just to go in a little bit further about Curtis, we had we started this process about three weeks ago. Okay, so uh, I will say we had about we had a little over 40 people apply for the job. And from there, I started trimming the list down based on people who met the qualifications with, you know, having experience in journalism and, you know, Razorback knowledge and all these types of things, people who we thought we might fit in good. Uh, fit in well, and Curtis was one of about 15 people that I narrowed it down to. Ended up being the first person that I interviewed, and afterwards I was like, well, you know, this might be our guy. i got to check his references and stuff. This might, be, might, might, this might be our guy, and 
then I was thinking like, how many other interviews? I've got 11 other interviews scheduled today. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. But wanted to make sure I do it, did the due diligence, went through the list and, and gave everybody a good fair shot and considered all of our options. But I just kept coming back around to Curtis and Danny liked what he saw. Joined us for our second interview. And today's your first day on the job, Curtis. How's it been so far? Oh, it's it's been great. I, I tell you, my head's been spinning a little bit, but got to uh, to introduce myself to everybody on the, the Razor's Edge this morning, and we've been doing a little Ask Me Anything chat throughout the morning, so I've had a good time with that, some uh, some good questions, some funny questions, so it's, it's good to get to know everybody a little bit. Other than that, just enjoying being busy again and, and pushing out some content, just kind of get things rolling. Curtis, if you don't mind, take a second and just kind of tell everybody, you know, where you're from, where you're living now, what you've been up to these last few years, and uh, just uh, let people get to know you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm an Arkansas boy. So I, I grew up in uh, McCrory over in, in Woodruff County off of Highway 64. Go Jaguars. Uh, from there, I went to, to college up in St. Louis at Lindenwood University. So uh, played a little bit of basketball there uh, and then transitioned over into more of a more of a student trainer, student coach role and got to learn under some really good guys. Uh, Brad Soderberg mainly is an assistant coach at Virginia now, but uh, learned a lot from him and then I was able to get my foot in the door at our, our sister school that was just opening up at the time I was graduating in, in 2010 from college. Uh, Lindenwood University Belleville. So in NAIA school, I got on over there and was a uh, basketball coach, assistant coach for, for seven years and head coach for one. And also the recruiting coordinator there with, uh, with the Lindenwood Belleville Lynx. So that was great. And uh, you know, when I was there, it was a it was a small school and, and we were growing, so I had to wear multiple hats. I was, uh, I was an athletic trainer with, with the baseball program, with the football program. I uh, did some teaching, some courses there, and, and things like that. So uh, that was a good time. Unfortunately, the school uh, just shut down in May, so mm. it was time to take the next step. Uh, in the meantime, the last couple Hey, Curtis, years, I, I'm going to yeah. ask you real quick, whatever you've got going on audio, I think I asked you to put some headphones in or something, but maybe just change course and go a different direction. It's a little tin canny sounding. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Just, just take them out or whatever and go a different direction. Sorry right, about that. that. Yeah, that's much better. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say that for the last couple of years when I really got into to this line of work, so uh, was been was working with Prep Hoops, which is a senior recruiting service. So I was working with those guys in Missouri and Illinois. Got to trickle down to Arkansas. So uh, doing some player evaluation and rankings, scouting reports, things like that. And I've also – been writing for busting brackets as a contributor so college basketball website and covering all arkansas razorbacks and sec curtis wilkerson joining us again you can follow curtis at kurt wilkerson underscore on uh on twitter if you want to keep up with all the latest um content that he puts out he's already put out two articles today i think he's got another one scheduled for around two o'clock coming out and he's going to be covering football basketball baseball for us as you can see he's got a really strong knowledge of razorback basketball uh, having been a former player on the nii level and a coach and an administrator and working in sports medicine and also has worked with football teams and basketball teams worked in uh, inside of a, a smaller college in the recruiting department so he understands how you know, things like that work, recruiting works, and, uh, of course, been a contributor for Busting Brackets and Prep Hoops. So 
he's got a great background. It really intrigued me. And, you know, just from meeting him on our first interview when we had the Zoom meeting, um, you know, just a big old smile and uh, and very engaging. So we liked what we saw. And uh, we're certainly happy to have you here, Curtis. So I want to ask you a little bit about this basketball team. You, you Your first article was about Razorback Hoops. Can you just kind of give us an idea of – you know, what What you expect to see out of this basketball program moving forward based on what you've seen so far with, with some of the new additions? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the first thing that really stands out to me with this group is just the, the depth and the versatility on the roster. You know, last year, uh, Musselman wasn't necessarily playing with, with a full hand. I mean, they only had nine scholarship players. Uh, we know that they were undersized, uh, you know, 6'6", Adriel Bailey at center, and hey, he, he played well, but he was kind of forced into that position to a degree. So, uh, you know, it looks like the emphasis from Eric Musselman was to add size and depth, and he did a lot of that. Uh, we know how strong he is on the transfer portal, and I think the grad transfer additions, Jalen Tate, Justin Smith, Vance Jackson, all three of those guys should come in and, and make an immediate positive impact for the Razorbacks. We heard you talking about the, the freshman class earlier, some really, uh, really special talents there. And really, when you put all the pieces together, it's just a group that looks to me like they're one that can make the NCAA tournament really uh, be a tough matchup for teams because of the different things that they can do. If they want to go big, they can go big. If they want to go small, they can go small. They can put out an all defensive lineup. They can shoot the three. So uh, there's really a lot of things to be excited for, I think, with this Razorback team. And, and I think this is going to be the beginning uh, of a little bit of a new era and kind of getting back to a little bit of the tradition. When we just expected the Razorbacks to be in the NCAA tournament every year. I, I think that's going to start this year. How good could this team be if Isaiah Joe comes back? What are your thoughts on that? That's a that's a big X factor. You know, with, with Isaiah Joe returning, just everything that he brings to the table. I mean, obviously, uh, as a shooter and a floor-spacing threat, the experience that he brings, you know, not only uh, knowing the system, but, you know, two years in the SEC, uh, that's a game-changer, I think, for Arkansas. And I, I think it's one that could really fault them uh, over the top, you know, especially if he can bring uh, a little bit more leadership and things of that nature. He's also a, a very underrated defender with his length and, and ability to move on the perimeter, take charges and things like that. So, you know, if Isaiah Joe chooses to return, um, I, I, I do think that this is absolutely an NCAA tournament team and one that hey, with, with the right matchups, they could make it into that second weekend of the big dance. Curtis, I'm not sure how much you've been able to dive into recruiting stuff. I know you, that's always been, you know, something natural for you anyway, but I'm just going to ask you, like, with basketball recruiting, where do you see Arkansas moving? Like, what are some needs, and uh, is there any players that maybe jump out? Yeah, definitely. The, the one thing you can say about about Eric Musselman and this staff is that they cast a really wide net. So uh, a lot more in ways of, of interest and contacts and offers and things like that than we were used to seeing with, with Mike Anderson and previous staff. So uh, he has reached out and, and made offers to a ton of prospects. When you look at it, you know, it looks like we're going to have at least three open scholarships uh, and, you know, pending what Isaiah Joe does. And there's always – a surprise or two would be at a transfer portal. He might be in a position where he's looking to add five or six guys again. 
Uh, you know, you take a look at some of those 2021 prospects, um, particularly in the backcourt, guys like Harrison Ingram, Trey Alexander, guys like that uh, who are, you know, exciting prospects to think about, highly rated top guys. Uh, maybe it's wishful thinking right now, but, hey, when we were at this point last summer, I don't think anybody would have said that, that he would have wound up with the 2020 class that he did. So I wouldn't rule anything out there. Then you know he's going to be involved in the transfer portal. So as soon as those names hit, you can pretty much guarantee that Arkansas is going to enter the conversation and they're going to fill their needs no matter what. Curtis Wilkerson joining us. Curtis, I'm going to let you get back to it. On I know you've got a long list of questions on our Ask Me Anything thread that's going on on the Razor's Edge Premium Forum and uh, got another article coming out today. And um, I just want to say, again, super excited to have you on board. And uh, I think a lot of people can see just in this small window here uh, why we recruited you and, and brought you on uh, to Hog Sports. So uh, super excited to have you here, and congratulations on day one. Hey, Trey, I, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity and looking forward to working and learning from you and Danny. You guys are the best. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Curtis. All right. That's Curtis Wilkerson. Again, new man at Hog Sports. Great first day so far. Great first interview. And uh, as you can see, this is a guy – I kind of put him on the spot just to see what he would know there at the end. And uh, this is a guy that loves Razorback athletics, following the Razorbacks, it's not – what we wanted to find it with this hire is somebody who didn't look at this as a job, somebody who looked at this as how I look at it, waking up every morning and can't wait to get back to work, which is one reason this lack of sports is killing me. But um, that's what we're looking for at, at Hog Sports. We have that with Danny. Danny just comes second nature covering football recruiting. And then not only is Curtis going to be able to help us in all those aspects of football, basketball, baseball coverage, uh, but really provide some extra insight into hoops that maybe Danny and I lack a little bit. Uh, so we And with, with Eric Musselman, I mean, you can see what's happening at Arkansas, right? We can all see what's happening here. And we need to make sure that we have somebody on board who can really provide some insight uh, into that world. Um, beyond what anybody else has been able to, to do at Hog Sports in the past. So super excited about Curtis Wilkerson. All right, transitioning now. I ran this article over the weekend. For those who missed it, for those who don't tune in on the weekends, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out. And this one was about Arkansas secondary in 2020. And it's a two-part deal. The first part is just kind of breaking down you know, where Arkansas has been in the past. Back in 2016, there was not a single four-star recruit in Arkansas secondary. And you fast forward to the 2020 season, and we're looking at five guys who are four-stars. And that doesn't include Ladarius Bishop, who is a four-star on one of the three recruiting surfaces. But there are five guys who are composite four-stars on this roster. But if you look at 2016, you look at last year's stats, even though there were, I think, four guys who were four stars, two of them were fresh, true freshmen. One of them was a freshman starter. The other was Monteric Brown. But the numbers in terms of pass yards given up are pretty much the same. But like Arkansas's, the efficiency rating that they allowed to other quarterbacks was dramatically bad. I mean, you go from a 129.5 ranking in 2016 for a defense that wasn't that good then either, which was 10th in the SEC, 2019 they allowed a 154.9 ranking rating. And the thing of it is, nobody had to throw on Arkansas. 
because they could run on them. You go back and look at some of the games like um, Kentucky, for example. Kentucky threw 12 passes against Arkansas. Seven of them were thrown by a wide receiver playing his first game at quarterback, full game, and the other was thrown by a running back, the other completion. So they had eight completions. So they still – I mean, like overall, it still shows a lot. Just I guess it's quicker death maybe throwing the ball against Arkansas and you put them out of misery and then you just run the ball. Like, I mean, Missouri's last – 10 of their last 12 plays or so were runs. The last 10 plays for – a lot of these seen Western Kentucky the last ten plays were runs. I mean, so Arkansas secondary has been bad. If you didn't know, <laughs> surprise, show tell you something you don't know there. But I do think there's encouraging things to look at for the future when you talk about some of the guys that have come in. I think that Monteric Brown has the ability to potentially play on the next level. I thought he started off really strong last year, like some of the players did. But like most everybody else did, certainly tailed off there towards the end of the season. But this is a guy that's a very physical tackler. I mean, he's he's a solid tackler from the cornerback spot. Um, I think he can fight through blockers, and he's got good coverage sp- skills, good hips. I think he's got a lot in good size, six foot one ninety. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's just got to get you know he needs a really good consistent year here for him to start popping up on some some radars for NFL scouts. But I think he's got the potential to do so. Greg Brooks Jr., another four-star. I felt like Greg was a little bit out of position last year. I feel like he has the quicks to play cornerback. But for that nickel spot, you not only need to be quick and able to cover slot receivers, but you also got to be stout to take on blockers. You got to be savvy enough to, you know, read run and play run support. So those are areas where I think he struggled a little bit. Having said that, he was just a true freshman last year, so he can add some bulk, some add some size, some add some add some um, that savvy we were talking about in the run game. So maybe he can still play there. Otherwise, I say move him over to cornerback, and maybe a guy like Devin Bush, who's you know a little bit bigger build guy, could come in. So what is Bush? Bush goes like 205 or something, I think, six foot 205. So he's a little bit bigger guy. You've also got Jalen Catalan, who, again, played four games last year. A lot of people think Catalan hurt his shoulder in the Western Kentucky game. That was the game that he saw a significant amount of playing time. But the fact of the matter is he played in three games earlier in the year. He played some kneel downs at the end of the Ole Miss game. Just threw that away. Just, I mean, just toss that away. Toss that game away. You get four games to redshirt. You're just going to put him in for two kneel downs against Ole Miss. Next week you're going to play him for some – I almost said BS. You're going to play him for some – just a, a handful of special teams plays the next week. I mean, just poorly handled. And so the truth is he didn't have any games left after Western Kentucky. He needed shoulder surgery, so he just went ahead and had shoulder surgery. He'd been playing, he'd been playing with, shoulder, with shoulder issue. Um, but I think that he's got a good shot to either start at free safety. I could see him starting at nickel. You know, I could see him in the, at the middle safety when they do 3-2-6. But it was a guy that was very highly recruited. Even though he tore his ACL in the first game, Danny West was actually at that game, tore, tore his ACL in the first game of his senior season. He was still the number 305 overall prospect in the country. He's kind of slid from there, but he remained a four-star prospect. You also had Miles Slusher to the mix, who enrolled early. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to go through spring, but that's another very talented safety. You'll probably see some action next year. 
this season, I should say. So you definitely upgraded some things in terms of talent, but you know, just looking back at 2016, how 2019 played out, it just goes back to my statement that it's not just about the Jimmys and Joes, it's also about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes and the X's and the O's. Both count. Arkansas's got Barry Odom back there working in the secondary. Hopefully he can shore things up for him. Again, you know, nobody's asking him to be like great in the secondary, but just get let's take the steps and get back to being an average, you know, just a middle of the pack, you know, finishing somewhere around seventh, eighth in pass efficiency defense in the SEC. That would be a step in the right direction. Now it's not just that. Okay. As we know, linebacker play, you know, those guys got to cover. And you definitely had better linebackers top to bottom in 2016. You had, you know, Brooks Ellis, Dre Greenlaw, Dijon Harris, younger Dijon Harris versus last year. Um, you know, you just didn't have the same level of, of, of depth. You got some good younger players, you just didn't have the same level of depth. And those guys got to cover too. Plus, you, you want to go down to the defensive line. You're talking about, you know, Jeremiah Ledbetter, Dietrich Wise. Uh, McTelvin Aguim was younger, but he was on that team, obviously. Um, Taiwan Johnson. So you had some better overall guys that could get to the quarterback. With Arkansas's defensive line moving forward, Matteo Soli, who was a freshman last year, played most of the season with a club on his hand. Zach Williams. These are promising edge guys. Uh, Jashad Stewart coming in in the freshman class. Um, you've also getting Dorian Gerald back, adding Julius Coates. So you ought to beef up a little bit on the defensive line. And Jonathan Marshall's a guy that can get into the backfield too. I've seen people – it's weird because I, I projected Jonathan Marshall as a starter and I've, I had some people – and we'll get into that in a minute. But I had some people like Jonathan Marshall, you know, he, he's got big weight room numbers and all that stuff but it doesn't translate on the field. I went back and watched a decent bit of the Kentucky game from last year. You know, I've just kind of been doing that kind of stuff, um, you know, back when Arkansas was still trying to win games. And – I mean, the guy really just comes off the ball explosively. I don't know what people are talking about. I thought he should have started last year, but he comes off the ball really well. I think he can provide a pass rush, too, from the interior. So I think the hope has got to be that everybody – now, secondary, I think you see an elevation. I think across the board on the defensive line with some of those young four-star recruits getting a little bit older, getting Dorian Gerald back. You lose McTelvin, but you get Dorian in, bring in Julius Coach all that, I think across the, the spectrum of the defensive line and even going back into the depth, you know, adding a guy like Xavier Kelly also, I think you have a chance to be better on the defensive line. I know you got a chance to be better in the secondary, even though they lost Cameron Curl because those young, highly recruited guys are, are getting a little bit older and I think they're going to get better coaching all the way around. Also, the area that I kind of wonder about, and I think most people do, is linebacker, where you've got projected probably bumper pool and Grant Morgan starting, probably your Sam is probably going to be Hayden Henry. Um, and you've got Levi Draper coming in. Zach Zymos is a guy that a lot of people have had some positive things to say about, just needed to add weight. He's up probably, I think, close to 230 now, so that's good uh, at about 6'4", but we've heard he has a lot of good athleticism. It would be nice to see Andrew Parker step up. They could obviously use him. We've been saying that for the last couple of years, though. So linebacker's a bit of a concern. Defensive line. Yeah, I think they can be an average defensive line in the SEC. I mean, that's that's the step we're talking about here. Average, try to get to a bowl game. I'm picking about five wins without having seen them practice. I'll adjust based on that. But coaching is going to matter a lot, guys. I mean, like 
we, we've talked so much about, you know, where Arkansas's program is and the talent level. The talent may be bad. You can say it's bad. That's fine. It's not a train wreck, gutter, fire, disaster. Gutter fire? Dumpster fire. Disaster. It's That's not where this roster is. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Nobody from Western Kentucky is turning down an Arkansas scholarship to go to Western Kentucky. Yet it's 35-7 to in Razorback Stadium at halftime. X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's. Go on there and check out the uh, secondary story. I think you'll enjoy it. A lot of numbers, a lot of breakdowns, a lot of looks back, looks backs. Uh, real quick, ESPN updated the 2021 NCAA tournament bracket. They have Arkansas as an eighth seed, but they say if Joe gets back, then they could be really dangerous, which I think we got. So they have Arkansas in the Midwest. Virginia's the one. 16's Norfolk, Norfolk State slash Delaware. Arkansas is the eight. Richmond is the nine. And this is from Joe Lenardi from ESPN. Here's what it, what it said here. Arkansas could be better than an eight seed, even if Isaiah Joe stays in the draft. If he returns, the Razorbacks look like SEC title contenders. So, nice praise there. I think we can all see what's coming at Arkansas. Really, really good things are coming. Arkansas, I think, headed out of the park with Eric Musselman higher. SEC preseason projected order of finish released. I guess this is for our guys at 24-7 sports. But they've got Arkansas 13th, so not last, but Vanderbilt is 14th. So Vanderbilt's 14th. Arkansas doesn't play them. So, according to this, it's a battle for last play. But, they give, you know, they give Arkansas a chance, Missouri, Ole Miss, some November games. But I think they have a shot against Mississippi State. I think they have a shot against Tennessee at home. And, really, you win your three non-conference games, you're going to lose to Notre Dame probably. But you win your other three non-conference games, non-Power 5 games. Well, Notre Dame's not a Power 5, but you know what I mean. And you got these four games right here, right? So – you got seven games with a possibility of winning, okay? Probably win two of those. That's kind of how I came up with five. I say probably win two. It's hard to say that when they're on a 19-game SEC losing streak. But I think they're going to win at least one in the SEC next year. All right, I came out with my projected depth chart for week one. I don't want to spoil the whole thing. I'm going to go over a couple of starters here. Felipe Franks, obviously, at quarterback. But – Go check out the article because I put a lot of effort into it. It's a good read. Rakeem Boyd at running back. These are no-brainers. Trey Knox, Mike Wood, Traylon Burks, a wide receiver. I went three deep, though. I went three deep at every spot. Hudson Henry at tight end. Myron Cunningham. Here's my offensive line. Myron Cunningham, Bo Limmer. This is left to right. Left tackle Myron Cunningham, left guard Bo Limmer. Center, Ty Clary. Right guard, Ricky Stromberg. Right tackle, Noah Gatlin. All right. So, with the interior offensive line, that was really hard because I do think we can see a battle here between Luke Jones, Bo Lemmer, Ty Clary, all at center and that left left guard spot. Let's be frank. Ty Clary has to get a, do a better job at getting consistent, getting the ball back there, not floating it, put it back there with some authority. And I think that'll probably be something that changes with a new coaching staff that, hey, flicking it back isn't isn't okay. 
I think the last staff was probably okay with it. They certainly never brought it up. But he's got to get the ball back there quickly. As a blocker, you know, he actually graded pretty well when you look at pro football focus compared to everybody else. But if he can't get the snaps, move him to left guard. Let him compete there with Bo Lemmer and Luke Jones. Bo Lemmer, Luke Jones, Ty Clary are guys that you you know saw last year anyway taking snaps at center. Things could change with a new offensive line coach. They may have a different idea. Maybe they see Bo Lemmer as a tackle. Who knows? But I think you're going to see Noah Gatlin went out at right right tackle. Ricky Stromberg up over 300 pounds. Ty Clary. So everybody's weight's up. 293 from Cunningham up from 285. Bo Lemmer was a little bit lighter last year, 297. Ty Clary was 285 last year. He's 298. Stromberg was 276 probably at his peak, maybe 279 at his peak, but at one point was 260s. But he's up to over 300 pounds. He's listed at 298 on the roster, but he's over 300. Noah Gatlin, 303 at six foot seven. I think the way you'll see things, like if something happens with Myron Cunningham at left tackle, you probably see Noah Gatlin move from right tackle over to the left tackle and then have Dalton Wagner come in at right tackle. I think Wagner's more of a right side guy than, than a left side guy, where Gatlin probably start at right tackle this year and then in 2021 probably be your starter at left tackle. We see that with a lot of other schools where they move guys over like that. So go check out the article for more de- more details. Left end, defense, Dorian Gerald, Jonathan Marshall, Marcus Miller at defensive tackles, and Matteo Soli at the jack, which is what they call their, their edge guy, which I envision the guy that puts his hand in the dirt, maybe backs off the line of scrimmage, maybe gets in a two-point stance sometimes. But Marcus Miller would probably be my surprise projection guy on the defensive line. I just think at 6'5", 300 pounds, I mean, when he hit campus as a true freshman, he's one of the best-looking defensive linemen on the team right off the get-go. The thing that worries me about Marcus is he's starting to develop a little bit of an injury history. He was injured last year, only played in two games, definitely would have played the full maximum of four. Um, He had an injury in high school that really, I think, prevented him from getting a good ranking that along with the fact that he didn't attend any camps so physically get off the bus type of guy get off the bus first type of guy and marcus miller if it's not marcus miller i could see a situation where maybe julius Coates gets in there at 6'6 281 eric gregory 6'4 270 you know he could grow definitely into a defensive tackle you also have isaiah nichols who goes about 6'3 276 on the interior xavier kelly coming over from clemson as a former four-star recruit maybe he's a guy that makes a push for a starting spot but i'm just making a little bit of a projection with marcus miller bubba miller's got a lot of talent got a lot of potential in my opinion so what would this be without some conjecture and some projection Bumper pull, Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry at linebacker. We talked about that earlier. Levi Draper, hopefully he'll have a say in that as well. Jalen Catalan and Joe Fouché are my projected starters at free safety and strong safety, respectively. Left cornerback Jerry Jacobs, usurping Jarquez McClellan. Monteric Brown at right cornerback. Devin Bush is who I have at nickelback. And I've got Greg Brooks and Jarquez McClellan as the top backups. And I've got Malik Chavis as my top nickelback. Now, as you know, top backup nickelback. Malik is a guy that I think could play. I mean, the guy's like 6'2", 200 pounds. Big, good-looking kid. He could be a nickel. He could be – he played cornerback last year. He could be a safety. I think you can do a lot of guys with uh, Ryzen's finest. Sorry, Danny West. And then special teams, A.J. Reed coming in from Duke at kicker. He'll be pushed by Matthew Phillips. 
George Caratan and Sam Loy should have a battle at punter. For those who don't remember, Caratan is the transfer from Michigan they just added. Sam Loy they added from Colorado, who was at Vanderbilt before that and started at Vanderbilt. So, um, you know, Sam Loy got good hang times on his kick. He just – they were a little too vertical. You know, you didn't see a lot of returns from Sam Loy, but uh, a lot of times they were just like straight up in the air almost and didn't go far enough. So a little more of a 45-degree needed there. Jordan Silver returns the long snapper. Traylon Burks and Devion Warren, I think we all expect to see them at kick return. Traylon Burks should have been doing it the whole year. Traylon Burks at punt return. And then I've got Jalen Catalan penciled in as a backup there at punt return. So that's it. That's my projected depth chart. Well, I should say my starting lineup. If you want to see the full depth chart, just go to Hog Sports. Again, I went three deep there. Uh, and I think it's a fun read. I think it had like 100,000 views. People are dying for sports. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get into some of your questions here. Going to go kind of fast because we've got a lot to do with Curtis's new first day. But uh, Curtis Kendrick says, good morning from Las Vegas. Hey, Curtis, hope you're staying safe out there. Tori Burks Sr. says, good afternoon, Trey. Hey, Tori, good to hear from you again. Rusty Hostetler says, can the NCAA force players to play being they're not getting paid? Can the NCAA force players to play beings they're not getting paid? You might want to rephrase that, Rusty, but, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. Uh, Justin Nolan says, okay. Curtis Kinder says, Pete, no. <laughs> Curtis Kinder says, wish you the best. Austin Gibbons says, who's going to be QB1 game one? Felipe Franks. I feel pretty good about that. Again, I haven't seen all the guys throw together in person side by side, but just given Franks' background, I mean, he's been a starter for, what, two years and was going on his third year at Florida. He also, so he redshirted his first year. He only played three games last year. According to the revised new six-year eligibility rule, where it previously said if you redshirted on your own, then you basically weren't going to be eligible later down the road. And they removed that. So if you are redshirted and you have an injury down the road, you can recover that year now. So Felipe, based on all that, qualifies for a six-year of eligibility. You just got to apply for it after the season. It's no different than um, Kevin Richardson at Arkansas a couple years ago. Kevin Richardson got a six-year, didn't qualify for it initially as the rule was written. They amended it, and he qualified. How are Arkansas high schools handling summer football workouts? Well, I mean, I don't think they can really do anything right now. I mean, you work out on your own, but that's it. How you doing, Keith? Hope you're staying out well. You're in a hot spot in Phoenix. You know, or I should say Arizona. But here's the deal, like, with the with the coronavirus stuff like people are like arizona is a hot spot but you know where exactly like i'm going to florida next week and you know people are telling me don't go to florida and all this stuff it's a hot spot and it's spiking and stuff and i'm looking at the state of florida and where all the everything's spiking in a large percentage of it is in miami dade county broward county you know there's a ton of cases spiking most of it's from younger people who I think they made a mistake by opening up all the bars because you get a, a few in you. You know you don't care about social distancing. Young people think they're invincible anyway, so I think that they probably made a mistake opening up some of these bars early. But I look at the county where I'm staying, Walton County, and there's like 211 reported cases. 
74,000 people residents, not including all the tourists that come in and out of there. So there's more cases in northwest Arkansas and per capita in Washington County than there is there. So, um, you know, saying like Florida is a hot spot, that's, a, that's an entire state. South Florida, yes. Other parts, sure. But anyway, Keith, stay safe out there. It's good seeing you. Was that two weeks ago, I guess? Keith was in Arkansas. Tony Ball says starting tight ends first game. Um, I think it's going to be Hudson. I just think it's, it, the path is cleared for him to be that. I think Blaine Toll can help them also, but probably going to be Blake Kern. I wouldn't mind seeing Traylon Burks line up at tight end just to get some mismatches with some linebackers. I think he could help there. I would love to see Traylon Burks literally be the guy that just moves all over the place. They got You got to account for where he is. If you got to account for where he is, then you know that they're using him a lot. Trey, when will we have a tight end commitment, and who are we looking at for this year and next year as well? Happy 4th. I don't know that anybody's just, like, jumping out. Now, there's a kid in 2022 from inside the state that Arkansas has offered. Let's look at targets real quick. Actually, I can bring up Danny's big red board, and we'll look. We'll take a key. We'll take a quick look at uh, the tight end recruiting from Danny. Again, Danny's on vacation right now, Gulf Shores. If you see him down there, tell him hello. Make sure to bother him. Make sure to ask him a bunch of recruiting questions if you see him. So for tight end recruiting, which is a neat position, right now you've got. Oh yeah, I forgot about Aaron Outley. Of course, how could I've done that? So Aaron Outley right now is. I would say he's – I would put him at hot to Arkansas. Uh, Little Rock Parkview tied in, 6'4", 246. Danny has had a crystal ball pick in for Aaron Outley for some time. And then Steve Wiltfong kind of surprised us and put one in for Florida State. Danny never moved it. And then eventually, I guess Wiltfong got some information and has decided to flip his crystal ball pick back over to Arkansas. Shield Taylor is another one, Alexandria, Louisiana, 6'4", 235. And Arrington McCray – 63230 out of Springdale Harbor, who's not been offered, but um, another guy that they got their eye on. So that's kind of where things stand with tight end recruiting. Patrick Tina Painton, will the Hogs win six games? I'm saying no right now. But again, haven't seen him practice. Sean Larry Townsend says Arkansas has two two head coaches and the best O line coach, quarterback, running back, and receivers, Auburn, Texas, and Arkansas finish in the West. I'm not sure where you're going there, Larry, Sean, Larry. Bobby Dale, will this year be without fans? I think it's possible. Um, at the same time, I don't know what 50% capacity would do because I've heard some teams talk about that. Texas Governor Abbott had talked about that, but – I mean, you still got somebody directly behind you and right over here. As far as I understand, we're talking about, like, you need to be six feet apart. But I guess if everybody's wearing masks, and that, that definitely helps. I do think that everybody will be wearing masks if they are allowed in the stadium. But, you know, we've seen, gover- we've seen uh, um, you know, the protest. There have been, you know, I've seen people wearing masks. I've seen people not wearing a mask. Uh, we saw the Trump rally. Um, you know, there were people packed in there. You know, if you can have these rallies and protests and stuff – can't put fans in there if they want to go. I mean, if you're worried about it, if you have pre-existing conditions, then I would probably recommend staying home. I'm not a doctor, but that's probably that's that's what everybody seems to say. Um, otherwise, 
be safe. I mean, just be cautious. I, I go out everywhere I've gone, when I go into anywhere since this started, before Fayetteville made a policy that you have to wear a mask everywhere, I wore a mask. I carried hand sanitizer in my pocket and I had a mask on. The thing about the mask is if I'm wearing a mask and you're not, then I'm not protected from you, but you're protected from me. It's not about stopping you from breathing your stuff on me. So everybody needs to be wearing a mask. Wear a mask. Keep the thing slow. You're not going to stop it. The thing is going to continue to spread. You're not going to stop the virus. That's never been what this is about. It's about slowing the spread down, doing your part to slow things down. This thing goes through our community. You develop a herd immunity. I mean, that's that's what this is about. You don't overwhelm the hospitals. You keep the, the, the spike low as possible. But it's still going to spread. It's not like it goes up and then down and then it disappears. It just it stays like this, you know, hopefully. And just, I mean, it's a virus. It spreads. It's what it's there to do. Trey, who's your favorite all-time, all-time favorite Razorback football player and why? Thanks. I think it might be Darren McFadden. I mean, it's going to be Darren McFadden or Matt Jones, but I think Darren, just because of the way he represented Arkansas when he was here, you know, finishing runner-up for the Heisman uh, twice, I'm still irked that he didn't win at least one of those, possibly two. I definitely think he should have won over Troy Smith. But I'm going to say McFadden. You know, I, I got I was covering him since he was like probably you know he's real young, so he's like 15 years old um, when people started finding out about Darren McFadden. But he, he's up there. Um, always been a big fan of Jonathan Luigs. I mean, he was the first guy I ever interviewed back in 2003. The, my very first interview was Luigs. Luigs, not Luigs, by the way. But I'm gonna I gotta go with Darren McFadden. Hey, Trey, will Justin Smith be as good as Michael Qualls? He's a finisher. They got a finisher. They got a guy that can de- that can defend a lot of different players. I think this is a really nice addition. I don't know about as good as Michael Qualls. He might be a better defender than Qualls was. I don't know if he could finish quite like Qualls can, but he can finish. So it's a nice addition, I think. I really am excited about this basketball team coming up. And excited to have Curtis on there helping with us and the insight that he can provide. Not that I don't – I mean, I love basketball. But, you know, Curtis is a guy who's been a coach. He's been a player on the collegiate level. He's worked in the recruiting department. So, he's going to bring a lot to the table for us, I hope. Bobby Dale, I heard he was compared to Joe Adams. Who? Oh, the uh, – yeah, I could see that maybe. Talking about Jaqueline. Yeah, I could see that. Scott Hickman says, Hick Dog here from Malvern, though I live in Fayetteville now. What's the story with Tyus Martin? Why is Arkansas not recruiting him or maybe something they can't talk about? I think it's one of these guys that they wanted to evaluate better. I think, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has hurt guys like this, you know, inside the state from not being able to get to a camp at Arkansas. So I think it's an evaluation thing. I think right now they're on the outside in terms of offering him, but there's not really a chance for them to get inside. The recruiting dead periods have been extended again all the way to August 30th. 31st. So, Tony Ball says, Go Jaguars, McCrory, my town. We pick Suey from Apple Valley, California, says NP Rich. Kirk Jackson says, Are you on parlor? I'm not sure what that is. Do I want to know? Chuck Goodner says, Did Dabo give Chad the wrong blueprints? <laughs> yeah, he did. He didn't give him the right blueprints. 
Timothy Wisenat says, Whoopig Suey from San Francisco Bay Area in California. <laughs> What's up, Timothy? No politics. Jimmy Davis cusses. Donnie Hay Butt says, We need a lot of steps in the right direction. Yes, everybody needs to take one big step in the right direction. Joshua Shiver says, Darren Turner going to play wide receiver this year, and will he see the field? I think it's possible he does. Again, haven't seen him practice, but um, – Arkansas is a little bit depleted at wide receiver because they did have some attrition. Jordan Jones leaving the team, um, TQ Jackson leaving the team, and Deion Stewart not being listed on the roster anymore just by having a year of eligibility. So they had three guys who are no longer with the team. So it was pretty much a necessity to put him at wide receiver. Don't y'all sleep on big Marcus Miller. He's going to surprise some people. I'm there with you, man. I think he's got a shot. Scott Hickman says, 4-2-5, basically the defense Houston Nutt ran his first year here. Code Red, LOL. You know, I always thought they missed an opportunity because it was Code Red under Keith Burns. And then Reggie Herring came in, and I thought they should have called it Code Red Herring. They They never caught on. A lot of things I come up with never come on. You know, Dijon Harris, Scooter Harris is a good nickname, but Dijon, Mustard, Mustard Harris would have been a great name for a middle linebacker. It's an opportunity, Mustard Harris. Yeah, 425 was actually defense that was really made popular at TCU um, under Gary, uh, I'm spacing on it, Patterson. Um, really made popular by him, but. We're going to see a lot of different looks. We'll see some 3-2-6. We'll see 4-3, 4-2-5, a lot of different stuff. Good old Coach Burns, Bandit and Rover, yep. Made Zach Painter a star. Made Zach Painter an all-SEC, first-team all-SEC uh, defensive back. I guess he was one of the hybrids. It was uh, on that first defense, it was uh, Zach Painter, I think, was the Rover, and I think the Bandit was Jeremy Flowers, maybe? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. When will Felipe apply for a six-year of eligibility? It'll be after this season. I know Blaine Toll is needed at tight end, but do you think with his size he would mold into a really good middle linebacker? I think for the way he's put together, he's an end. Um, I like him, his potential as a defensive end, and we'll see what he does at tight end. Uh, I I think he can grow into a good tight end. I think I just think it takes more you know, coaching, more practice, more work. Uh, defensive end, I think that was more of a position you could put him in there physically. You know, he already looks like he's been in the program for a while. You could put him in there and say, you know, have at it. But tight end, I think eventually he can be a really good tight end. But um, linebacker, I don't know if I see him as a linebacker. You said almost the same thing about possible wins last year, Trey Biddy. Yeah, I mean, I said here's – here's what I've said, Kevin – First of all, and again, I didn't know that they were going to completely let go of the rope again uh, like they did the year before. The first year I said under Matt Morris, I said Arkansas would uh, – I picked Arkansas to win five games. You will not find another local media person who didn't predict him to go to a bowl game, Chad Morris's first year. You won't find one. I, I feel like I was the only guy out there. And then the next year I predicted them to win six, I believe, and they totally collapsed. There were games that they could have and should have won. I mean, Texas A&M, Kentucky. Um, there are games here and there that they could have won but didn't. So, thanks for pointing that out, Kevin. 
What did you predict last year and the year before? Jacob Botwinick says, are you going to watch the documentary about about Sutton tonight? Yeah, I'm going to watch the Sutton documentary. I don't know if I'll catch it tonight, but I'll, I'll absolutely watch it. The 2022 offensive line class is stacked. Jeremy Butler says, who would win in the Octagon, you or Danny West? I think I would. The thing about Danny is I think he might not – what I worry is I don't, I don't think he might not know when to quit when he's had enough. <laughs> I used to love wrestling, like actually doing it. We didn't have wrestling in high school um, when I was in high school in Arkansas, but we did it in off-season football. Who would win the Octagon, you or Chad Morris? I, I have no question that I would beat Chad Morris in the Octagon. 247 article about the top SEC assistant, Chad Morris in the top five, I know. And Browse and Odom not even listed. Surely the article was meant as satire. I, you know, I, I really like a lot of stuff that Grant does. I do not agree with him on this one at all. I don't know how you couldn't have Browse and Odom in that list of top. I don't know that anybody hired a better duo of offensive assistants. I don't understand how, based on what Chad Morris did last year, how pathetic Arkansas's offense has been the last two years, that you could say he's a top five coordinator right now. I don't doubt that he had success at Clemson. I don't doubt that at all, okay? But how do we go from what he did at Arkansas to putting him at five with some of those other guys? I mean, there's some studs on that list, but Kendall Browse, Barry Odom, absolutely deserve that list. Not my favorite article from our desk. But different strokes for different folks, different opinions. Maybe maybe we get proven wrong. I mean, it's not like Kendall Browse came off of a great season at Florida State. Now, they improved their offense, their rushing yards per game, increased by like 50 yards per game. So he improved them. But I, I don't know. I just I don't agree with putting Chad Morris after last year at five, number five off assistant coach hire. How is backup running backs? There's some questions at running back. I mean, you've got Traylon Smith, who we've heard some good things about in practice, going against Arkansas's defense, which wasn't very good. But he is quick. He is shifty. You also got T.J. Hammonds coming in, who's going on, on for his last ride. And you got Amante Spivey. You also have Dominic Johnson, who's a bigger back coming in from the freshman class. Uh, Amante Spivey is a guy that to keep an eye on. Intriguing. Let's see what kind of step he can make forward. Uh, but of course, Raheem Boyd is is the guy. And then hopefully, what we hear about Traylon Smith is is real, and he can come in and provide a nice change of pace. Traylon Burks is the truth on and off the field, but I've been. Spanking his ass fishing. <laughs> Traylon Burks loves fishing, loves westerns. He's a unique guy. I really think he just sees the world differently than everybody else, both on the field and off. How do you think Pittman is recruiting in state right now? I think they're they're off to a, a fine enough start inside the state. We'll see how things go. Patricia Baker says, sure, this plus he can run. Also played some high school. He should be able to read well, absorb more blockers than Bumper or Morgan. We're talking about Draper. Mark Rosenberg says, hey, Joe Rosenkall, you said he needs his entire vibe and look back for dinner time. I don't like that, Mark. Um, first of all, I'm not the only person with brick. I didn't even think about it when I saw that, but there's nothing I can really do about this aside from wearing a toupee and looking like a moron. And first of all, I'm about – how tall is Joe Rogan? I'm one, So I'm like five inches taller than Joe Rogan. I'm 10 years younger, I'm better looking, and I'm not as funny. And I don't have guests on the show. 
So take that, Mark Rosenberg. How about um, Ray Romano called? He wants his look back. Ray Romano called Mark. <laughs> I can play that game too. Randy Max Slaughter says, this is a free country. Yes, it is. Talk about sports, says Randy Max Slaughter. Okay. But I can do what I want, Randy Max Slaughter. It's a free country. Mark Matthew Lowe says, and I, my top five are Myron Cunningham, Shane Clinton, Luke Jones, Rick Schomburg, Dalton Wagner. Uh, Randy Max Slaughter gets a little political, which I try to stay away from, even though I have my strong opinions as well. Will Lennox says, next commit, question mark. Blake Garrett says, where is Kirby, question mark. Kirby Adcock. Kirby Adcock's no longer with the team. He's retired from football early. Henry Cagle says, are we going to have someone to hold on to the ball? Too many drop balls last year. I think they got some weapons. The question is quarterback. Kevin Venable says, five and seven in the last two years. I hear you. Wes Murray says, mask muffled hog calls will be intense. <laughs> I wonder if they'll pipe in fan-like crowd noise. I would be fine with them doing that. Otherwise, you're just going to hear a lot of cussing. Any of the freshmen O-line see the field this year? If I, got, I think there's a possibility for all three of them. If I had to pick one, I'd say maybe Marcus Henderson challenges that left guard spot. So that's where I think things possibly go. Super excited about Curtis Wilkerson joining our team again. If, uh, if you haven't gone to hogsports.com, you can read two of his new articles. He just started today. Got a great basketball background, uh, recruiting background, having worked inside the athletic department, worked for prep, prep, uh, prep hoops, um, publication, also busting brackets. So uh, he's been around the block a little bit as far as journalism goes. Also been a coach, former player uh, on the collegiate level, administrator, worked in sports medicine and football and basketball, and a lifeline follower of the Hogs originally from Macquarie, Arkansas. So excited to have Curtis Wilkerson on the team. Excited to have you with us. I want to thank all you guys for joining us. We didn't have the show last week, of course, but there's plenty of ways to watch and listen, of course, always streaming on Facebook Live. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up right now if you have not done so already and you like the show. Follow the page. We're almost to 80,000. I want to get there before football season starts, so help us, please. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to the page, hit the notification bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video, and throw us a like if you like the content there. Apple Podcasts, love to have a five-star review from you. Love to have a comment from you also if you really like the show. But if you haven't thrown us a five-star review and you're listening on Apple Podcasts or you're watching and you want to throw us a five-star review, hop over there and, and throw us that. We'd certainly love to have that. It helps our channel anytime somebody's looking for Arkansas Razorback content. It helps boost stuff. Anytime somebody shares, engages, any of that stuff, throws us a like, it helps boost the channel through their algorithm on those various networks. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports.com is just $1 for your first month or 30% off your first year. No promo code required. Be sure to go there and sign up. I want to thank Curtis Wilkerson for joining us. I want to thank you for all of your questions. We'll be back with you on Thursday, I believe. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. We'll catch you next time. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.